The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. updates to the Yahoo board overnight, so that's useful for us here, and that allows us to pick up where we left off on yesterday's show as we continue to explore the Yahoo ADP rankings. Starting last Friday, we've managed to go through just 55 names over three shows. Yes, not fast enough. You, If that's what you said out loud or in your head. You are absolutely right, and we'll try to move a little bit quicker on today's podcast, but again, when we get to a guy that deserves our attention, we give it to him. It's kind of a way to go through almost every name on the board here over the span of a week, week plus, that really gets us set for draft days. But watching the movement is just as important as the other stuff, and we'll talk about that uh, at some point, eh, maybe a little bit later on today's podcast. First, however, I need to say hello. It is Wednesday. Good day to you all. December the 2nd. Happy Wednesday. I'm Dan Bespris. This is Fantasy NBA Today, a hoop ball presentation. And the first thing that happened this morning, LeBron James signed a two-year extension. It's a max. Not. I don't know that I even needed to say that. Sort of a given with the Los Angeles Lakers. So if there was any question about what Anthony Davis was going to do, this uh, makes it relatively clear. Anthony Davis will probably sign a contract that gives him an opportunity to leave when LeBron's contract expires. Uh, Lakers are in good shape for a couple of years here. They're building around two of the best players in the NBA. And look, LeBron wants L.A. So there's a cool way to start the day for Laker fans. Doesn't really change anything from a fantasy perspective. It really is just all about how healthy he can stay. And the dude is straight up a tank. Although I do think, and I've said it a thousand times in the last couple of weeks... I do think he's going to be taking some rest days this year. I heard some local LA radio stations discussing that he wants to, you know, top all the leaderboards, you know, be the all-time leading scorer, assist guy, all that stuff. And the only way to get there is to actually play in as many games as possible. But there's also, there's an ROI part to this where, in his mind, he's probably thinking, look, if I try to play all 72 games this year, my career may be shortened. I'd rather skip 10 games this year, give myself 40 on the back end. I mean, making up numbers here, but there's a, there's a give and take to all of this stuff. Regardless, uh, I am at Dan Bespris on Twitter if you'd like to follow me, or just as we say, Google search Dan from Hoopball. That way you don't have to try to spell my last name. Really appreciate all of you guys that have found me here over the last couple of days. This is that time of year where... Many of you that were longtime listeners of the show that kind of go into hibernation during the very long offseason this time around are coming back out of the woodwork, so welcome back. There were quite a few of you that actually just listened to the show throughout the entire uh, bubble, pre-bubble, shutdown, whatever, which is pretty cool, actually. I didn't expect that many of you guys would want to listen to a fantasy basketball show when fantasy basketball wasn't happening, but... It's why I kept trying to put out shows that I thought were at least marginally interesting. We didn't miss a damn day. Actually, I think we skipped the day the league shut down, that Thursday morning. And then starting on that Friday, we had a, we had a show every day, Monday through Friday. 
Very proud of of uh, of that Iron Man like streak going on here. There haven't been as many guests as I'd like on the show. Mea culpa on that one. It's been really hard for me to schedule things around uh, childcare drives, kids barging into the bedroom. It's not cool, you know. Ask a guest to just oh hold on a sec, I gotta go. Gotta go discipline my kid for 15 minutes. The In This League guys dealt with me on that. They were kind enough to have me on their show earlier this week. That's available on the In This League podcast channels. And uh, we literally just had to pause recording while I went and dealt with a screaming toddler. That's that's life. I think we all have that going on right now. So the plan for today's show, we're picking up from number 56 in the ADPs. We'll just get as far as we get. I think I'd like to say a minimum of number 75 before we pull the plug on today's podcast. Plenty of things to tell you guys about going on over at HoopBall. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's really the docket right now. What I will say, and a lot of you guys have been reaching out on this front, so I'll start the podcast with this. We are continuing to lock down HoopBall leagues now. I mentioned it on yesterday's podcast. I will mention it again here today. Hoopball leagues now are almost full. Because the drafts begin in six days, they're slow drafts. Everybody's like, why are you starting on December the 7th? I'm like, yeah, well, these things can take 10 days. I don't really want them getting all that close to the actual start of the season. That means that we can't really just let this thing piddle along. So we have just a handful now of cash head-to-head spots open. Basically for people that said they were going to sign up for leagues and didn't. So those spots are now open. We are officially saying, look, you you know, you had four, five, six days or whatever to, to take the join link we sent you. Uh, you didn't use it, so we're going to fill your spot. I believe our head-to-head free leagues might actually be full. There's probably one or two people that hasn't signed up yet, so that's really close to done. Uh, Roto Cash, we do have a little bit of space left. There were uh, a big group of cool dudes that opened up a an extra league there. There were like four or five guys that all wanted to play together. And so we got to fill that out around it. So we do have some spots left in the Roto Cash League. And when the Roto Free, that one could tip either way. We're about half full on uh, the one that should fill up. If a few of you guys do sign up, we'll just start it at whatever league number we get to. Uh, and if that one sticks at, you know, four or five, six teams, whatever it turns out, uh, we'll probably just pull the plug on that one. So we have a uh, more Roto spots free than head-to-head right now. Um, either way, though, this is really shutdown time. When these leagues are full... It goes to waitlist. So if you want to be a part of this stuff, you got to hit us up right now. I am at Dan Vespers on Twitter or email teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com, subject line hoopball leagues. On that very same notion, we are recruiting here at Hoopball. We need blurbers on the fantasy side. If you want to learn how to write fantasy and you're somewhat skilled at writing just in general, bug me. If you're great at DFS, bug me. That could be for any sport, by the way. We'd love to add some additional sports on the DFS side. Uh, gambling, sports betting, those hoopball gaming guys are building out a team. Devin's doing a wonderful job. You've already added a few bodies here in the last couple of weeks. Um, and the sales team, if you want to make a little bit of money with us, that's the the uh, commission paid stuff. All of those things. Anything that you want to be a part of here at Hoopball, bug me, bug me, bug me. It is not a pain at Dan Vespers on Twitter again, or the email is teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. The last name we talked about yesterday was C.J. McCollum, number 55, and a very bland 55 at that. We'll pick up today with a much more interesting pick at number 56, and that is Lonzo Ball, who I actually like this year as a very intriguing fantasy player. One of the things I've noticed with Lonzo and 
you know, 56 is actually uh, not that crazy of a place for him to be going. I, I think that you guys that have listened to me over the years would expect me to look at a guy like Lonzo Ball at 56 and, and clobber him. But uh, Lonzo was actually number 70 last year, and he was far better than that the second half of the season. In fact, it, it seemed like it ran fairly parallel to Zion being a part of the uh, rotation in New Orleans. So let's do a little exercise, and, and we don't even have to go to when Zion came back. We can actually just take what Lonzo did during the calendar 2020 year, which some of those games were before Zion played. 30 games he played pre-bubble in the calendar 2020 part of the year. And Lonzo averaged 36 minutes a game, which is a very high number. 14, 7, and and 8.5 with 2.4 defensive stats, almost three three three-pointers. His percentages are going to be dog poop no matter how you square it. And they're probably not getting any better. But at least he wasn't taking any free throws. And he actually shot 62% of the foul line over that stretch, which for Lonzo was a big boost. Yes, the 3.4 turnovers are a bummer. He's going to have some, as now in particular, he is the lead guard on that New Orleans team. With Drew Holiday gone, I know Eric Bledsoe's going to see plenty of playing time, but Lonzo's the distributor on that club, along with, and I think you could probably give a, a sort of a nod to Brandon Ingram there as well. Lonzo's number 32. Again, this isn't a full season sample size, so there are some guys blended in behind him that you know will finish in front, and some guys in front that'll probably finish behind. So maybe 32 is a lofty goal for this year. But I do think there's a very real chance he bests that mid-50s ADP in both 8 or 9 cat. In fact, if you wipe out turnovers... During the 2020 calendar year, Lonzo jumps to number 21. So an 8-cat, he becomes a much more valuable player. Or, as we've talked about before, 9-cat head-to-head where you can sort of throw away turnovers. Don't go crazy in that front. But if this is a guy you're like, well, what about the turnovers? You dump him a little bit. Even in Roto, I'm not that worried about the 3.4. You guys know enough about me as a fantasy drafter to know that I'm going to get some lower turnover guys blended in. It's just the way we draft here on Fantasy NBA Today. There are guys like Rob Covington that slip into our, our board. Brooke Lopez tends to slip onto our board. TJ Warren, guys like that that are, you know, 1 to 1.3 turnovers a game. It'll balance out. You can have a guy in the middle rounds that's a higher turnover dude. Everyone gets him in the first couple of rounds. You're basically in a dead heat unless you have Trey or Luka or Harden or Westbrook. Those are the early guys that are actually sort of a leg, I don't say leg up, but kind of a leg down on the rest of the early guys. Once you get into the middle rounds, there aren't that many super high turnover guys. Lonzo in the threes makes him one of the higher turnover dudes going in this part of the draft. Like if you look at the guys going between, you know, 60 and 90, uh, Lonzo at 3.1 turnovers a game for the year last year was was basically the highest. Aaron Fox was at 3.2. He was just a little bit farther back. Uh, Devontae Graham was at 2.9. He was blended in there as well. So there's only a handful of guys in that range that have that high turnover number, which, yeah, I mean, that's part of the reason why they're down there. Uh, but the, the difference between Lonzo and some of these other dudes is that his path got clearer. He was 70 last year. He was in the 30s 
late. He was actually better than that if you wipe out some of the January games where he still was sort of figuring things out. The sky's the limit for this dude. He's a guard who gets steals and blocks and rebounds and shoots threes. The one thing you have to worry about is the fact that he's a point guard who can't shoot a free throw. And you just hope he doesn't take many, which to this point in his career, he hasn't seemed all that interested in doing. So I'm actually okay with him as a late fifth rounder. I am. I admit there are a couple other guys floating around nearby here to me that seem like safer bets, but not that many of these dudes, you know, if we, let's just dial it back because we talked about LaMarcus Aldridge yesterday at 51. The, the guys leading up to Lonzo here in our discussion was Aldridge, Draymond Green, Brandon Ingram, DeMar DeRozan, CJ McCollum. Of those guys, Ingram is probably your other, okay, this guy could end up in the top 30. It's possible. Aldridge, eh, he's probably trending down a little bit. I, I mean, you could get close. You know we love him here. DeMar, no. Draymond, probably not at this point of his career. CJ, no. And then even if you look behind Lonzo, Demonis Sabonis, it's going to be really hard for him to get much higher than he got this last year, which was 45. How does he get better? Free throws or lower turnovers? Because his, his counting stuff isn't going to change very much. 19 and 12 is hard to improve upon. And then five assists from a center, that's hard to improve upon. 54% shooting, hard to improve upon. Steals and blocks, he is who he is with that stuff. So maybe his free throw shooting gets better. That's how Sabonis moves forward. But it's not hard-pressed to find a way to get him for a full year inside the top 30 without a, a dramatic free throw improvement. Clint Capella, and, and I'm going to go over some, some of these guys with a little bit more detail. Clint Capella, Danilo Gallinari, TJ Warren, uh, Tobias Harris. These are the guys you're talking about now behind Lonzo, who, again, I love a few of those names. You know I'm a big TJ Warren, Tobias Harris guy on this podcast. Low turnover, uh, Tobias, ultra durable. From a per-game standpoint, I don't know that any of those guys have a higher upside than Lonzo Ball. And I think Lonzo has actually wiped out a lot of his downside by just by situation. He's a good defender. Stan Van Gundy's going to keep him out there because he can defend. And if you're worried about usage, don't be. Don't be. He only took 11 shots a game last year. He doesn't need to take a ton because he's doing it with the other stuff. His shots are mostly three-pointers. Rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, all that stuff he can get, whether or not he's the guy finishing a play. So I, I like him. I actually think Lonzo has a chance to uh, to best his his ADP this year, even at that relatively high number. I know. Freak out. Freak out. We'll see. Probably won't be as good as that time down the stretch. He won't be as bad as he was to start the year. I guess the real question with Lonzo is, is he going to last the whole season? He has shown, I don't want to say he's injury prone, but he hasn't he hasn't really been healthy. And that's why some of these other guys are interesting as well, because Demonis Sabonis at 57, perhaps there's a fear on the plantar fasciitis front. We haven't heard anything about him not starting the year healthy. So we'll operate on the assumption that he is, and if he's getting drafted in the late 50s, he's a gimme. He's a layup there. Clint Capella is kind of a layup here also. 58? I get it. There are reasons to be concerned with Capella. He's not going to have the freedom he had with Houston where he's playing 33 minutes a game. I don't think he gets close to 33 minutes a game in Atlanta. They'll go small for stretches where John Collins plays center. But 
as we've talked about before, one of the key notes with this Atlanta team, and it's why I'm not as low on Capella as a lot of other people in the fantasy community are, is that they just they don't have a ton of other options. They're much more jammed up through the backcourt and wings than they are at the center spot. I don't think they want John Collins playing, you know, 25 center minutes a game. That's a lot. He's not a huge dude. Probably important to remember. He, you know, he'll be able to hang, obviously, with most of the faster, shorter, lankier, whatever centers in the NBA, but there are going to be a lot of games out there where they're gonna not they're not gonna want John Collins banging with Andre Drummond or or whatever big guy you've got him going against down low. It, it's a little bit of that Anthony Davis stuff. At some point, you just need to put a guy at power forward. Are they gonna play Gallo at center? No. You know this is this is important stuff. This is this is something we need to be thinking about as we're as we're game planning. And, yeah, I'm trying to express myself in the right way here on Capella. I'm not high on him. So can can I make that part clear? I'm not high on Clint Capella, but a lot of people have basically said, you know, he's going to be bad this year. And I just don't think that's going to be the case because their backup center, who's that, Bruno Fernando? He's not playing. John Collins is going to get the backup center minutes. And if you say, look... In a maximum situation, Collins is playing like 20 minutes at center. That still leaves probably 28 for Capella. 28 center minutes a game for Capella in that ridiculous offense with Trey Young running him up and down the floor. He'll still post some pretty good numbers. It will not be top 22 or wherever he was last year before everything, uh, before he got hurt. He's not going for 14 and 14 and 33 minutes, but... You know, he's in on the floor. Eight, nine, ten shots is very achievable. Little under a steal, one and a half-ish blocks a game. He's a top 50 guy when he's on the floor. And then, you know, with games cap, that's a little bit easier to swallow if he has to miss a week here and there. Uh, I think Capella probably finishes around top 45, if I had to guess. Not really guessing. Probably not the right way to frame that. So the fact that he's going near 60, I don't know. That's a pretty safe play. Gallo at 59. I'm a little bit afraid of Gallo. Um, you know, he needs he needs a ton of usage. He'll probably get somewhere near this number, but he's probably not going to end up on that many of my fantasy teams anyway. He's also historically been a hurt player. He's been able to shirk that a little bit the last couple of years, but I should kind of always playing with fire with guys like that. I'd far far prefer to have a guy like TJ Warren who we just talked about uh he's number 60 here on the board ADP of 61.4 by the way TJ Warren's going to have a totally fine solid year I don't think you have anything to worry about he's number 57 by averages last season um he was great in the bubble Jeremy Lamb is not going to be back at least until the second probably more like the third month of the season and he's going to have to ramp up a little bit there's just there's very little standing in TJ Warren's way from doing almost exactly what he did last year, which was 57 with durability. Cool. Now that said, between Warren and Tobias Harris, who is going right behind him at 61, I'd rather have Tobias. 
for a couple of reasons. Number one, Tobias was actually better than TJ Warren last year. He played more games, and he was ranked four slots ahead of him. Scored a little bit more. TJ shot the ball a little bit better. Warren also with a slightly higher steals count. Tobias, slightly higher rebounding numbers and threes. I mean, they, they balance this out a little bit. Their free throw shooting is pretty tight. Uh, I just think Tobias Harris is going to have a good year under Doc Rivers. I, I love what he... I love how simple he is to draft in fantasy. It's just such a... He's such a tap-in. In the 60s, guys. This is a dude who I know. 53 by averages, which already bests the 60s number that we're talking about here. And then... I don't know how many times we have to talk about this. He was number 24 by totals. When you play in all of your games, you get a bump. And it's not artificial. When you're putting up good numbers, you want more of those good numbers. It's just not that complicated. Christian Wood is at 62. Um, I've got to think that has a lot to do with Boogie. I, you know, Wood was going near 50 in almost every mock that I was a part of. He's not going to run free at center in Houston. I do think they'll run some lineups where Wood is playing power forward and Boogie's playing center. So I think you can you can pencil Christian in for high 20s in minutes, and he's probably going to be one of the buzz guys this this draft season. He'll be bouncing all over the draft board. I would rather go with one of these other guys around him here. I know that there's some upside with Wood. You know, if Boogie sustains any kind of injury, then Christian has free reign at the center position, and that's a reason to consider upside. But he's also not going to be free to do what he did near the end of the year in Detroit, where it was like, all right, Christian, you do whatever the hell you want. Right now, at least, the Rockets still have both James Harden and Russell Westbrook, and Boogie's also a very high-usage guy as well, even if the assumption here is that he's either coming off the bench or they're starting side-by-side. There's a little bit of a logjam happening. Not a, not a significant one, because they can play side-by-side, but a little one. And you know me with Buzz guys. It takes a lot for me to actually consider them. I'm considering Christian Wood here in the early 60s, but ultimately I will probably pass in favor of one of these other guys around him. That's just an easier bet. There's so much volatility. You know, it's a couple days ago we talked about Shea on this podcast and how he's going in the 30s, and I thought, you know what, that's actually not... He's a buzz guy, and he's probably he probably deserves even more than he was getting. This one, this is about the right amount of buzz for us to avoid it, generally. When you're a buzz guy, I'm, I, you, someone's going to have to talk me into spending on you on draft day. Because listen to some of these other names now that are coming up after Christian Wood. Uh, Hassan Whiteside is going at 63. Dude's going to play 20-some-odd minutes for the Kings. And we've seen he's, he's, he is a top 75 fantasy player in 20-some-odd minutes. And he can just rocket boost from there if anything goes right. Now, you know, what if the free throw shooting regresses? I'm not saying that Whiteside is a guy I'm, I'm targeting here. But there's no downside, really. Kelly Oubre Jr., who's at 64 on our board right now. That actually worries me a tiny bit. I think he'll probably put up numbers somewhat similar to what he did in Phoenix, but yeah. Uh, you know, Christian Wood against those two guys is a pretty good battle. But now, get ready for this. Get ready for this nonsense. Uh, 65 is Miles Turner, who I know everybody's completely soured on at this point. But look, we, we know exactly what he's going to be alongside Demonis Sabonis. He's going to be number 50, pretty much. Played 30 minutes a game last year, averaged 12 and 6.5 with 2.2 blocks, 0.8 steals. He's 
jacking up three-pointers. He's become sort of your budget Kristaps Porzingis, who doesn't score, basically. Uh, and if he's going in the 60s, mid-60s now, easy deal. Worst-case scenario, top 75, probably better. Gordon Hayward is the next man on the board here. I mean, this is this is wild stuff. It's 66. Gordon was number 44 in Boston last year, and his usage is about to get a fat bump in Charlotte. Absolutely. Pour all the Gordon Hayward on you can. Pour it on. 67 is Jalen Brown. Much as I love Jalen Brown, he's a Cal Bear after all. Um, this sort of maxes him out a little bit. This is this maxes him out a tad. Not not as not as keen on that one. Sixty-eight, Jonas Valanciunas. What the hell's he doing down here? JV was forty-seven last year and durable. This is a gimme. This is another layup. Good gravy. Sixty-eight. Was that sixty-eight? Or was that 67? I think that was 68, actually. 69, Eric Bledsoe. Frankly, I'm surprised that he's going this early. I thought he would fall farther than this. This is a pretty reasonable spot to take Eric Bledsoe. He was number 80 last year in a crap season. He's going to have more to do in New Orleans. He's safe here, but not perhaps quite as quite as much of a gimme as J.V., Hayward, Turner, Tobias. This is the land of the layups. Land of the layups. Sounds like a brand of butter. Oh, by the way, check out our buddies over at manscaped.com. Promo code HOOPBALL20. You guys got that? HOOPBALL20 is the promo code at manscaped.com. You can get the Lawnmower 3.0. Pinch free. Waterproof technology. Shave yourself. For goodness sake, people, shave yourself. Be clean. Use the weed whacker if you want to take care of those pesky ear and nose hairs. Use the shears if you want to deal with your nail issues. That one's a big one for me. I got to fix my nails up. Blech. Hoopball 20. 20% off and free shipping on your order at manscaped.com. They've been a wonderful partner for us. Go check them out. I think you'll like what you're going to see. In fact, I'm certain of it. OG Ananobi. I've now officially lost track of where I'm at. I think we're at 70. Is that number 70? Who's keep, well, Who am I asking? OG was 72 last year. His role is going to get bigger. His free throw shooting is probably going to get better. I'm into it. And there's this again, this is one of our guys that's more or less a layup. Uh, but at the same time, you know, low turnover guy who's going to blend in with maybe some of a, a turnover risk guy we take. Rashawn Holmes, interestingly, is at 71 on the board here. We're doing a better. We're doing better, by the way, of moving along at a better clip today. Rashawn Holmes at 71. Ah, Kings. If anybody can screw this up, it's the Kings. He was, he's so good. He's such a hoop ball guy. We've been all over Rashawn for so damn long. He was 31 last year in 29 minutes a game. But they're jammed up again. They're jammed up again. They lost Bogdan Bogdanovich at the guard position. And then promptly, yeah, and Harry Giles walked. Okay, that's fine. And then promptly brought in Hassan Whiteside and Frank Kaminsky. And Marvin Bagley is now healthy. 
presumably to play power forward, but still, that's four guys now. And we yet to mention uh, Nemanja Bjelica, who's largely playing power forward for that team. They are all kinds of jammed up. There's five guys. The only one you can look at and say, well, they don't really need to play this guy, is Frank the Tank. There's a very real possibility he just takes DNPs on any given night. But still, four remaining dudes. Whiteside, he's not going to be satisfied unless he got promised 20 minutes on that team or more. Bagley is expected to play starters minutes, so 30-some-odd plus. Bielitsa was playing 25 to 30-some-odd minutes last year. I don't know where they're going to slot him in. What does that leave for our poor guy Rashawn Holmes? Is he squeezed back down to 20, 22 minutes a game? It's possible, and it sucks. Let the man play. He's one of the most efficient transition basketball players in the entire NBA last year. He was all set to get into this Alvin Gentry run-and-gun offense, and now what? what? What are they taking away? He should be starting. He probably won't be, knowing the Kings. But he might. Who knows? I'd love to get some lineups from Sacramento before my draft here because Rashawn Holmes could end up being a massive steal again or the Kings could Kings it up. That said, I'm okay with taking a little bit of a shot here if you've been relatively safe to this point. You know, call this your seventh round pick. There's plenty of guys on the board here that I would rather have as lower risk options, but not many can rocket boost quite as high as Rashawn Holmes could if they actually let him play. 72, Victor Oladipo. That's a risk I'm probably not taking. Which I know is... It, it sort of goes against some of the stuff we were thinking about from... you know, If you think about our discussion on a guy like Chris Paul, where you're like, okay, well, potential bounce back. Well, Oladipo was 53 before his big injury... Uh, not this most recent year, but the previous one. He was at 19, roughly 5-5. Five and five. Good steals numbers, very poor percentages. Who is the Oladipo that comes back this year? Is he going to be satisfied? Is he going to have the same role in his offense? I mean, I guess at 72, it's a risk you're, you're willing to take because the bottom for Victor is probably top 60. And then the question becomes, you know, how many rest days does he get? I, I, this is a risk that scares me a bit. And... Uh, I'm just, I'm probably not going to be the guy who takes him here because, you know, we'll talk about some of these guys either in a, in a second here on today's show or potentially tomorrow. Um, like, listen to some of the names that are coming up and then we'll, we'll hearken back. Let's just pin, let's pin Oladipo to our screens right now. Uh, Larry Markinen is at 73. He's a guy I probably would would prefer not to take over Oladipo. So Markinen, you can put slot behind him. Mike Conley, same thing. He's going a little bit too early here, even though he was playing better towards the end of the year. I thought he would get drafted near 100 this season. That was a bit audacious on my part. By the way, those slots for those guys are fine. I just think there's a there's a floor that could fall out a little bit. We've seen it already. Markinen is a bit passive. If he turns passive again this year, even, I know Bill, uh, Jim Boylan is gone, but that doesn't automatically mean that Markinen's going to go nuts. We may be just seeing that like he's not going to assert himself the way that he needs to, and Chicago has guys that will assert themselves. Zach Levine, Kobe White. Not that Otto Porter is a real assertion dude, but he is back this year. And Wendell Carter Jr., where they want to use him more as an orchestrator out of the high post. So there's no guarantee here for Markkinen. Same thing with Mike Conley. 
you know, he's not the lead dog on that team. Donovan Mitchell is. And I know he played better towards the end of the year, and he was doing more, but he's he's a downward arrow. So those guys are not really in my crosshairs. Uh, DeJounte Murray is a very interesting one, and a guy that I would definitely prefer to have over the aforementioned trio. I think, I mean, the sky's the limit. The sky's the limit for DeJounte Murray. And, you know, the, the closer we get to the season and the fewer rumors we hear about DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge, maybe that should give us a little pause. I think there is a, a possibility those guys actually stick around in San Antonio. But regardless, I like this play a lot. Murray was number 71 last year while coming off of a, a devastating injury. They limited his minutes to just 25 a game. That's going to trend up this year. That's going to be closer to 30. So just put that into his game alone, and you're talking about a guy that could you know, very easily average 13 or 14 points, six and a half to seven rebounds, five assists, almost two steals a game on good percentages. You have to... You have to at least... I mean, this is a guy that, what number were we at here? I've lost track of the number. I think we're at 75. Is he number 75 on our board? Like, 75 is is a worst-case scenario on a per-game basis. If he's, if he's even remotely durable this year, he blitzes past this number. Love this play. So that this is why when we're talking about, do we take a risk on Rashawn Holmes? Do we take a risk on Victor Oladipo? Do we take look at a guy like Markinen or Mike Conley? When DeJounte Murray's just sitting right there saying, hey man, you know, take me at 75, I will beat my ADP. And we love to simplify things here on Fantasy NBA Today, and, and the best way to simplify draft season is just say, look, you know, the first round it's almost impossible to, to beat your ADP because everybody's gone so damn early. If you just get a player who beats his ADP in each of your first five, six rounds, you've got a really good chance to win your league. Doing almost nothing else. Like, think of it from this perspective. Uh, and then we'll we'll try to slip in a few more names here before we wrap up for the day. Forget the first round, and just look at the second round. Let's say you got a second rounder this year. I don't know who it's going to be. Pick a hypothetical. Let's say DeAndre Ayton, you get at 20, and he ends up at number 14, or something like that. Again, this is completely made up. This is not my list. This is not projections, whatever. And then in the next round, in the third round, you get Vooch. At 31, what were we saying he was gone? 30, 31, and he ends up at uh, 22. And then in the next round, um, you get, I don't know, where are we at now? Fourth round? So who are ADPs between 37 and 48 on the board looking at yesterday's stuff? Let's say you get Chris Middleton at like 44, and he finishes at 35. Or Chris Paul at 36, and he finishes at, at 20-something. Keep going. Um, next round, early, early fifties guys in ADP. Let's say you get, uh, we talked about Lonzo Ball, Demonis Sabonis guys earlier today. Let's say Demonis Sabonis finishes in the forties and you get him in the fifties. Every one of those things I just talked about, you're now talking about a team where I don't know what your first round pick was. Let's say you're in the top five or six. You got, you got Dame, you got, and then you got four or five other guys in a row that all beat their ADPs. You're cruising at that point. You would have to work very hard to lose that league. So let's simplify. Let's get the guy who's going to beat his ADP in each of the first five or six rounds. You can shoot the moon somewhere in there. 
take a swing, try to get a guy who beats his ADP by two, three rounds. That's a difference maker. That's the kind of thing that can, you know, turn on the afterburners for your team. But by just just cleverly beating your ADP in every round, you're going to be a top three team in your league. Almost guaranteed. Because everyone else is going to be doing something else. Unless you're in a league, a bunch of people that all listen to this podcast and subscribe to everything I say. But even, I don't think even you guys that listen do everything I say. Nor should you. There are a lot of ways to skin a cat, as they say. Uh, Michael Bridges is number 76. or power on a little bit further here today. And that's fine. Um, you know, I, the, the trade of Kelly Oubre was good for him. That opened things up a little bit. Bridges was 75 last year. Better than that as the season trended on. Chris Paul should, I think, unlock a little bit within him. There was a fear that he might get squeezed out by Oubre and Cam Johnson, but moving one of those wings out frees him up to play starters minutes again. So he should have quietly nine-cat guy, by all accounts, because he'll be at one turnover or maybe even less. Uh, But big steals numbers, good percentages. If there's even a tiny, just the most mediocre jump in usage and aggression season over season. You can go from 75 to 65 or 60 pretty quick. That That's all it would take. I don't think that the ceiling is extraordinarily high because I don't see him going from six shots a game to 10 shots a game. But I'll, I'll take a 6.3 to 7.5 field goal attempt bump from Bridges. Get, give me one more shot a game. Get me from nine points a game to 10.5 or 11 points a game. Get me from four rebounds to like 4.3. Keep the steals and blocks the same. Keep the percentages the same. And he's a, and he's around earlier. So not super exciting, but good. Andrew Wiggins at 77. I will pass. I will pass. Last year was about as good as it was going to get for Wiggins, and he was number 94. So I will pass. Thanks, but no thanks. Kevin Love at 78. That's remarkable. I mean, I know that there's like this how the mighty have fallen kind of thing. But Kevin Love, even in kind of a clunky year last year, he was number 56 on a per-game basis, and he was not horrifically beat up. He got rest days in there. He got partial games blended in, and he was still number 51 by totals last season. And for the Cavaliers, you know, in terms of his role with that team, not much changed. He only took 13 shots a game last year. Colin Sexton took a bunch Andre Drummond's going to squeeze him out on some rebounds. Kevin Love playing power forward is not optimal defensively. (laughs) But, you know, you also can't really out of him getting obliterated by centers going through him. So, I mean, you you pick your poison a little bit with his defensive lapses. But, you know, 18-10, which is where he was last year, ever so slight downturn, still probably puts him inside the top 60. Easier guy to have in a Roto Games Cap League when you know there's going to be some missed stuff in there. Ricky Rubio at 79. Uh, He was number 50 by totals last year. He was um, a hair back of that by averages. He was 61. He, He is going to trend down a little bit. You know, he's not the primary facilitator for Minnesota the way he was in Phoenix. He was the guy that set everybody up. You know, they could run Booker off of stuff. D'Angelo Russell's not quite that same off of stuff guy. And, of course, with Minnesota, you've got D'Angelo and Cat, two very high usage guys in front of him. In Phoenix, there was really only one 
ultra high usage guy, and then there was a, a smattering of kind of middling usage dudes. Rubio could beat this number. He's getting drafted around 80. He's, he's a relatively safe draft pick around there. Minnesota picked him up. They're going to use him. Um, but he's he ain't going all that high this year. Let's just let's just put it at that. There's this is one of those 50-50 plays where you know if you're running out of things, you desperately need assists and towards the end of the seventh round of your draft, there's I wouldn't have any real problem with you taking him here, but he's one of the least exciting draft picks we've come across. And this is this is you know, that means something coming from someone on this show that consistently talks about how wonderful Tobias Harris is because, you know, boring and playing every single game and hitting your mark is is different than boring being kind of near your mark, maybe a little bit below. Hopefully he makes it through the year unscathed. He's not super durable. So, yeah, nah. I mean, it's fine. I won't kill you for it, but yeah, nah. I've lost track of where we're at right now. I know Aaron Gordon is the next one on our list, but I have abandoned all hope, ye who are hoping for me to be actually counting these spots off. Uh, what was Rashawn Holmes? Was he 71? Two, three, four, five. Is this 80? All right, I guess that puts him at 80. Um, Aaron Gordon at 80 is actually kind of intriguing. He was far better than that at the end of last season. Orlando has, if anything, thinned a tiny bit. There isn't really anybody coming for his minutes right now. The question is really, the stuff that he was doing towards the end of the year is how much of that is sustainable? You know, for the whole season, Gordon was at 14.5 points, 7.5 rebounds, 3.7 assists, 0.9 steals, 0.6 blocks, and just horrendous percentages in both. The reason that we're, we're even considering this is that when Orlando went to their up-tempo offense... Aaron Gordon went with it. And the last 16 games of his year, Gordon was averaging 17, 9, and 6 with 2.2 defensive stats. His field goal percent went up to 46 and a half. Free throws still were not very good, but he was he was in the top 35 over that stretch. I, I'm inclined to think that that 1.3.9 defensive stuff probably doesn't stick for the entirety of a season. 17 points is doable. Nine rebounds is... A bit on the high side. And then six assists, well, it depends entirely on what kind of offense they're running. Are they running it through Aaron Gordon in any meaningful way? Um, we we don't know. Unfortunately, we just don't know right now. The uh he he was he was hurt during the bubble, so you know we don't there's not a whole lot we can go on there. He played four games. He was at 15.3, 8.5, and 3.3 assists, but the steals and blocks were not there, and it was a super small sample size, so it's hard to know which things we're going to actually level off. And he only played 26 minutes, right? There was the injury, so you know, throw a few things out there. Still, it was good to see him still rebounding in the bubble and still passing in the bubble. If, that, if those assists really are up in the five range or more, then he suddenly is a guy that can beat that ADP. But it's a big if. I will say this. You've hit a part of the draft now, kind of after after Mikael Bridges or after Kevin Love, if you or even Rubio here, where there aren't as many layups. The layups are getting a little bit harder to find. You're now in the 80s, where you do have some guys that are intriguing, but with each one there carries some measure of risk. Aaron Gordon was number 80. There's a chance for upside. There's a chance he's terrible. 
Steven Adams is the next guy on the list at 81. You know, he, he's going to play a bit in New Orleans, and I think we have a, a, a relatively decent idea of, of what Steven Adams is going to do. Last year, he was number 104. He was right around top 100, uh, 11 points, 9 rebounds, probably not as many blocks as you'd want. I don't think he's going to be a huge blocks guy. He never really has been uh, kind of more steals than blocks on, some of the time as a big man. Can't shoot a free throw at all. And he's going to get pushed out at that center spot from time to time by Zion when they go small. I mean, he'll play. He's going to play plenty. Um, 27 minutes a game was his number last year. I think that's probably reachable again this season in New Orleans, maybe even a tiny bit higher. But at 81, I don't think there's any guarantee he beats that mark per game or totals. He's played through a lot of injuries in his career. He's a little dinged up. Malcolm Brogdon at 82. There's no guarantee that he beats this number. He was number 85 by averages last year. He was dinged up again. He was horrible once Victor Oladipo came back. So there's a lot of risk involved in these guys. It's not like, basically what I'm saying is, with Aaron Gordon, yeah, you're looking at him like, this could blow up in my face, but you could say the same thing about a lot of these guys. Blake Griffin is the next man on the board here at 83, uh, finally going super-duper late in drafts, the way that he should have been going late for years now, uh, finally actually has a shot to beat his ADP. I mean, this is one of the guys who almost never had a chance of beating his ADP every season. This season, he at least has a fleeting chance. He was number 65 two years ago when he had a really good year with Detroit. That's probably as good as it gets for Blake. So, drafted in the 80s. Could he get into the 60s again? Eh, this is this is a reasonable spot for him. But again, the ceiling could vanish. He could plummet down an elevator shaft. Devontae Graham at 84. Another guy where it's not clear how his role changes this season. He was a high usage, big assist, big point, awful field goal percent guy for a Charlotte team that was really just finding itself. And now they're going to expect some leadership. Gordon Hayward... Terry Rozier are probably going to be steering the ship. And then what kind of growth does Devontae Graham give you? It's, there's no guarantee. I mean, he wasn't, it wasn't like he was brilliant last year. He had a very good season. He was fantastic in uh, points leagues. And if you were punting field goal percent, but he was 78. It wasn't like he was a top 50 guy. Last name we're going to talk about on today's podcast is Karis Levert at 85. If you're drafting him there, you're just hoping he's traded. Because if he ain't traded, he's not inside the top 100. His game is predicated on a truckload of usage. He was great when everybody else was deceased last year. He is, at best, the third option on that team. One could argue that there will be many days where he is more like a fourth or fifth it ain't happening unless he gets moved. And I am not spending a pick in the eighth round here hoping somebody gets moved, especially when I tell you there are actually a few guys coming up that we'll talk about on tomorrow's show in the next little chunk of players that do slide back towards that layup gimme designation. It's also why at this point, we've talked about it before, you get into no man's land of a draft. You have to be willing to just leapfrog a bunch of dudes. Don't worry so much about the order Yahoo puts these guys in. Because I'll tell you a little secret. They don't know either. Yeah, the top 20, top 30, top 40, top 50, top 60 even. 
things are relatively close. There are a lot of guys in there that are going to be basically right on the money, missed by a little bit. Once you get to 75, 80, nah, it's a wash. If you got the 80th pick in your draft, I got no problem with you reaching down and grabbing somebody ranked 100. None. That dude could very easily beat the guy ranked 81. Almost as frequently as the other way around. This is not a law of large numbers thing where you go with this suggestion infinite number of times. It probably works out for the best. Nah. Guys, if you're enjoying all these breakdowns, if you're relatively new to the pod, or even if you're somewhat old to the pod, is that an expression? Please drop a five-star review on the show. This is that time of year also when everybody's finding their stuff for the season and your five-star reviews and subscriptions. Make sure you subscribe to the show. That helps us move up the board. It's so critically important for the show's growth. So thank you in advance for doing that. Uh, If you're on iTunes, it's very easy. If you're on a podcast app on your Apple mobile device, it's quite easy. You just go into the, the, uh, again, if it's the podcast app or iTunes, you just find your way to the right spot. On the podcast app, you search for Fantasy NBA Today. I know you're already listening to it, which is annoying because you can't just do it right there from that page you're listening. You've got to go to the search page, search for Fantasy NBA Today, click on the show title, not an episode title, the show title, and scroll down to the bottom. Similar deal on iTunes. You navigate over to the podcast uh, tab. I guess it's a tab on, on iTunes. Search for Fantasy NBA Today, click on the show title, and you can. there's a rating and review button you can hit on your, uh, your PC screen. So please do drop a five-star review on the show. I will be forever grateful. Again, follow me on Twitter. Hit me up if you want to be in a hoopball league. We're closing them out. Or if you want to be uh, work with us here at Hoopball. Or if you just have questions about fantasy. We can talk about that. I love talking basketball. It's what I do to myself regularly. Thank you to everybody that turned up and uh, watched our video mock draft yesterday. There were many hundreds of you, which was very cool for us. That is available on YouTube in perpetuity. The recording will not go anywhere. Uh, and if you'd like to hear more about the results of that, we'll start breaking those down Next week, here on this pod, we're going to talk to, I think, every single team in that mock draft, and then some. It's guest season, SZN, here on Fantasy NBA Today. Have a great Wednesday, everybody. Back at you tomorrow, roughly the same time. Definitely the same place. My bedroom. (laughs) Slash office. Slash entire existence. Okay, have a good one. Dan Baspers, at Dan Baspers again, uh, or Google search Dan from HoopBall. Or email teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Toodaloo, everybody. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.